0: Go ahead and turn to, um, you can probably turn to Romans 2. Really what we're going to be doing is, we're going to be doing a little bit of scripture hopping this morning. More of a topic than a, a passage that we're going to be looking at. So if you want to join me, we're going to pray one more time as we, as we open the word. Father God, I thank you so much for this morning, Lord, and I thank you just for your grace and your mercy. Lord, and I, uh, I I just pray that you would allow us to be good soil, Father, which we receive your word with gladness. It digs in its root and bears fruit in our life. So just give us open hearts and minds to receive all that you have and to receive it with obedience. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So I really want to talk to you this morning about, um, about judgment. And judgment, particularly in our sense, as far as how we look at, view, and judge others. Now, judgment is a very tricky topic because I don't think, I think when we talk about judgment or judging others, I don't know that that's a word that's really well-defined in our hearts. Maybe for for some people, but especially not in in my generation, or maybe even the generation before me. um, I don't think we have a real, a real good concept of what it, what does it mean to judge someone, you know, and you hear this a lot as people well, oh, you know, you can't judge me because of this and that, and God is just love and how, who are you to judge anything? And, and that is definitely not accurate (laughs) in many senses, in many senses. And so as I usually do when I'm when I'm considering something, I I'll, I like to go back and I like to just look up what the dictionary and the synonyms and just see what it says. And really what it boils down to is in order to say that really we've placed a judgment on someone in our hearts, it's when we basically come to a resolution or or, or a conclusion of who someone is. Or when we make An authoritative statement about what someone is, where they're going, or how we should treat them. And we say, because of this or because of that, this person must be, or this person is going to hell, this person is never gonna know Jesus, this person isn't worth my time, this person is this, or this person is that. And when we label someone and we when we make not, not necessarily looking at the circumstances of their life and calling it what it is, because that's not judgment. But when we say because of their lifestyle, they are fill in the blank. We become judges. And uh, God was dealing with, with me this week on this subject because I realized that without even knowing it, I had formed judgments against people Primarily at the FWC, um, that as I was sharing stories of what had happened and the things I had heard and the way people were acting, um, that because I w- it was such kind of a crazy thing for me, and I'm telling these stories that I I had allowed my heart to become hardened towards certain people, and certain things, and the Lord dealt with me this uh, about that this week. And so in our call to worship, we we read Luke. Chapter 6, verses 27 through 36. And if you remember, what Luke or what Jesus was saying in the book of Luke is love. But he speaks about love, about loving everyone. He says, love your enemies. Do good to those who are doing you wrong. He says things like, if someone takes away your cloak, give them your tunic. He says, if you only love those who love you, what credit is it to you? If you only lend looking to get something out of it, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And it says in verse 35. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. Well, why? Well, here it is. For he, God, is kind to the unthankful and to the evil, he says. He's kind even to the evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father is merciful. And that is the end of verse 36. And it's very interesting that he's speaking about this type of love. And not just, you know, within the body, you know, don't be hard hearted towards your brethren, but love your enemies. And if he's telling us to have such a selfless, such a dedicated, in fact, intentional love for people who hate us, for who who he says very clearly might do evil to us. How much more should we love unconditionally? intentionally, those within the body who claim Christ. And it's very interesting that as soon as he's done talking about love, and uh, Jeffrey, you might have to pull this up. I don't have it on the schedule because I'm going to be hopping around. In Luke 6, starting in verse 37, the next thing he, st- he says is he goes into this issue of judgment. So we're going to read um, Luke 6, verses 37 through uh, 42. Jesus says this, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. He says, give. And it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your bosom for with the same measure that you use. It will be measured back to you. Wow. It's pretty amazing. And I think the reason he pairs these things together is because judgment shows up in, in our lives as Christians in, in a couple of different ways, really. I think um, judgment comes when we, we look at situations And we really, what it comes down to is we think, well, because they're not living the life the way I am, they're not living their life according to my standard, or because they claim to be Christians, but they don't have it all right. They're not good enough, or they're this, or they don't deserve that. And we begin to uh, label and... uh, create judgments about their life that we were not given authority to judge. Now, here's why judgment is is very tricky, okay, because God has judged sin, and God has judged all the workings of evil, and he has declared his judgment of those things to us. And so, yes, we can look at someone who's sinning and say, that is sin. That is wrong. You need to repent. You need to pull away. I can look at a brother who is deep in sin, who is willingfully sinning, and say, God is going to burn down the fruits of that man's life, and I am going to separate myself from fellowship with him because Jesus told me to do so. The problem with judgment is when I say, because I I need to separate from him, he's no good. And if he was walking along the side of the road, I wouldn't pick him up. No, 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 no. That is judgment. We have to learn to understand the truth, righteousness, and judgments of God. To be able to extend that truth to others in hopes that they might accept it and change their life, but to love them even if they don't and to love them, even if they've got everything wrong. You know, I feel like I have a pretty decent, pretty decent grasp on who God is and his word. And I feel like because of that, it's really affected my life and changed my life. And I feel like I live in a pretty, you know, I'd like to think I live in a pretty pleasing way to the Lord, but I'm definitely not perfect. And I definitely remember, a time when i didn't know any of god's word when i was living a whole lot of out of his will and god still loved me and in fact god even blessed me sometimes that's crazy to think about actually he blessed me a lot i just didn't acknowledge it and that he sent people into my life with the gospel he sent people into my life with the word of god he sent people in my life into my life with love unconditional love And he used those things to pull me out of that lifestyle. And there was one step at a time all the way till here. And there was a lot of times as a devoted Christian where I didn't have, I didn't have the right answers. My theology was messed up. I lived right over here and wrong over here. But God's mercy and grace covered me in that. And However, for some reason, sometimes we, we can forget that part of our own lives as Christians, we can forget that. And so when we see other people and they're not snap into the word and they're not falling into obedience and they're not running off like, you know, the apostle Paul, that they're not living life right. They're not really, you know, if they would do it a little bit better, then they'd really be Christians. You know, right now, they're kind of on the line. And I, I that's wrong. That's wrong. For me, for the last couple of years, there's been a couple of people at the fellowship who I'm like, that dude's either demon-possessed or unsaved. I don't know what's going on with that dude. But and I was like, I'm just going to, I want to stay as far away from this group, and I want to stay as far away from this guy as I possibly can. Okay? That's how I felt. And God kept sending me back God kept sending me back and he's putting these people in my path and we're starting to, and what's interesting is when I'm face to face with these people, a lot of that judgment is gone because in the face, face to face with that person, all I feel is love and I know, Hey, what they're saying, what they're doing is right, but I love them. And it's, it's very hard with the spirit of God to be face to face with somebody and and hate them and to judge them. It's very easy from a distance over Facebook, over email, you know, watching the news on TV to see people and to to secretly despise them. It's very easy to do that. And even to the point where this last week, some of these people who I'm like, man, these people, there's no way this person is saved. Like there's, there's no chance. I feel for a couple of those people, at least, man, they do know the Lord, and they're just really misled. They're really misled. And God wants to save them from that. Man, how twisted my heart has been. Why is it that I saw that for some, but refused to see that for others? And how often do we do that for people? When God has a heart, to love those who hate him. When God has a heart to send his own son, that there might be some chance for for the world to be reconciled with him. Yet we would much rather put distance. We would much rather accuse. We would much rather allow ourselves to be angry. And so what judgment does is it becomes a gateway for us to slander to unforgiveness to bitterness and as i was thinking about this this just this little just this little seed of judgment that i didn't even know was in my heart i start seeing how that little seed has blossomed in so many people's lives and it's just becoming more clear to me and as i was thinking about this issue i want to read to you something that i read and I, I found in john 12 daniel can you pull this up for us brother John 12, verses 44 through or 44 through 50. So in John 12, starting in verse 44, it says, Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. Verse 47. This was very interesting. And if anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. He who rejects me and does not receive my words has that which judges him. The word that I have spoken will judge him in the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me gave me a command what I should or what I should say and what I should speak, and I know that his command is everlasting, therefore, whatever I speak, just as the Father has told me, so I speak. So in this, in verse, let me find it again. Verse, I think it was 47. In verse 47, I I felt really convicted, and my heart was softened about this. Jesus says, Now Jesus is going to judge the world we can be clear on that but here as he's walking in his ministry jesus says if anyone hears my word and doesn't do him doesn't believe him i don't judge him and i had to think about that for a second for jesus to say "If, if they hear me and they don't believe i don't judge them i didn't come to judge i came to save he goes on to say, however, my word will judge them one day. And I don't know if you can, if you, if you gather from that what I gathered from that, but the heart that Jesus had knowing full well the reality of sin and knowing full well that in the end, the word of God would judge all people and all people would come to judgment. Yet here in this life, he came to love and to save. And even as those people who would not believe and would not obey were in front of him, he did not judge them. That's a heart issue. To see someone who you know is your enemy, rather on your side or theirs, you know, to know who is, is walking far from or away from God. To know that God's own word will judge them, and they will be judged by it, but to not judge them yourself. That is a balancing act. And it's a balancing act that I think that the church as a whole has failed at on and off. Back to Luke 6, um, verses 39 through 42. This is right after judge not and you shall not be judged. Jesus speaks a parable. And in verse 39, he says, Can the blind lead the blind? Will they not both fall into the ditch? He says, The disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is perfectly trained will be like his teacher. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye and do not perceive the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove the speck that is in your eye. eye. When you yourself do not see the plank that is in your own eye, hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, then you will see clearly to remove the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, this is not a a passage that's far from my my memory or understanding. And many times before I, I feel able to speak anything to anybody, I first have to, look at, okay, where, where might this issue be true in my life? Take it before the Lord. However, when we look at others and we see that speck, when we see that issue that they're walking in and we do, and we allow our hearts to form judgments against them rather than to be filled with compassion or mourning for them, then judgment becomes our plank. And it's the plank, and that's a plank that's hard to miss. Because many times we think we're right, you know, or we're in good standing and so that means something. And what it does is it makes us just as blind if we're not aware to it. So the first issue of judgment is, is this, is knowing the reality of God's judgment and sin and, and choosing to become the judge ourselves rather than loving them in every way we can, according to God's word. The second issue of, uh, of judgment that really becomes an issue is why I had you, I had you move to uh, Romans two, <coughs> is when judgment forms in the body as an excuse, okay? And what this looks like is people begin to judge others to either excuse their own lifestyle, to excuse their own mistakes so they don't have to look at them, or judgment becomes our excuse to hold on to hatred, to hold on to unforgiveness, to hold on to anger towards people who God has commanded us to forgive. Because if someone has wronged you and you have unforgiveness in your heart, it's so easy to say, God forgives them, but I can't because X, Y, Z. And what you're really saying is they deserve what they get, and that is judgment. And it becomes an excuse. So join me in Romans 2, where Paul writes, Therefore you are inexcusable. You are inexcusable, O man, whoever you are who judge. For whenever you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same things. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. (coughs) And do you think this, O man, you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, his forbearance, which is a loving patience, and long-suffering. Not knowing that it, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. But in accordance with your hardness and your impenitent heart, you are treasuring up for yourselves wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life to those by, who by patience, continuance, and doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking, And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also the Greek. Okay, we're going to stop there because that's just a really long run-on sentence. Um, But what he says is, in whatever way that we think we can judge against someone else, we either do, have done, or we're breaking the law somewhere else. And so when we judge others, we bring the same condemnation upon ourselves. The Beatitude, Jesus says, blessed are the merciful, for they will receive receive mercy. You give mercy and God gives it to you. If you judge, God will judge you. And that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Dangerous, especially when it's God's own people that we judge against. And we see it. Otherwise, we wouldn't have, you know, Presbyterians and Lutherans and Pentecostals and all these different things. And that's the one thing, by the way, at the FWC that I have learned to enjoy. There's a lot of people who believe a lot of different things and they all love each other. And they come to fellowship and worship <laughs> the Lord. And that I can appreciate. <coughs> but Forgive me, but, um, so if we judge others, we then judge ourselves, you know, and later on within, uh, down the, down the line in Romans two, he says, okay, you say don't, don't murder, but do you steal? You say don't steal, but do you lie? And so in whatever point we break the law, we break the whole law. So I want to read one last verse, and then I want to close um, because I have no idea how long I've been up here talking. But here's the thing. We know, we should know that we're not called to judge the world. Paul says this very clearly. We're not called to judge the world. We are called to judge in some manners within the body according to deeds, but never are we called to judge a person, who they are right? But many, many times we have the two issues I spoke about. For one, judging others to excuse our own guilt, or judging others to hang on to un- really unrighteousness in our own heart, and really we, be- we become guilty in that, to, to, to put sin on ourselves in order to judge another. But also we, we judge others who aren't where we are or who Paul, what Paul calls those who are weak in faith and rather than living in forbearance like the Lord does, which is a, a a loving patience. We judge them. So I want to read a couple of verses to end from Romans 14. uh, Starting in verse one, where Paul commands us, Receive one who is weak in the faith. And check this out. I must have forgot this was written in here at some time. But not to disputes over doubtful things. There are things worth disputing. Okay? Jesus is the son of God, and I will dispute that. (laughs) There are other things that are not worth breaking up the fellowship of God's body for. And there are other things that maybe if you do know the truth and someone is confused or lost, maybe now isn't really the time. And maybe you need to lovingly have, have some loving patience with that person and pray that the Lord will reveal to them the truth or that the Lord will give you the opportunity as your relationship grows to speak the truth. So here in Romans 14, he's talking primarily about eating. You know, oh, this person ate that. Oh, he ate this. Some, some people, they think they should be vegetarians. But he says, receive one who is weak in the faith and do not dispute over doubtful things. For one he, who believes he may eat all things, but who is weak eats only vegetables. Let not him who eats despise him who does not eat. And let not him who does not Eat, judge him who eats, for God has received him. God has received him. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. Indeed, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. Man, that's a powerful verse. God is able to make his servant stand. So let us not be, let us not really condemn ourselves in judging the people of God. Let us not be, condemn ourselves by judging others according to the hardness of our own hearts, but rather loving one another as God has loved us and loving the world and even the the, equal, the, the evil, because God has shown love and mercy to the evil. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much, Lord, for your word that you've given us, Father. Uh, your word that's sharper than a double-edged sword, that divides uh, spirit and soul, Lord, bone and marrow. And, and really, your word that divides the inner parts of our own hearts and understanding, that reveals us to us, that we could see clearly. And so, Father God, I pray that we would love one another, that we would be faithful to you, Lord, yes, that we would hate wickedness, that we would love godliness, but that we would not allow our hearts to be hardened in judgment against others. So I pray that... uh, if any, any heart needs to be softened, Father, by this, if any forgiveness needs to be had in a relationship, that you would impress your spirit upon us and allow that work to go forth. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. All right, let's stand and sing uh, Jesus Paid It All. <coughs>